0: We are so glad you joined us today on our podcast. We would love to continue to connect with you throughout the week. and to do that, you can check us out at substancechurch.com or on social media by searching at SubstanceMN or Substance Church. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. All right. Happy New Year. Northtown, downtown, Westside, Monterey. Happy New Year! Online, ooh, it's a good start. I like walking up, and I always look at the screen right when Kirk points, cause I feel like he's like, "You got this." Uh, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling particularly prepared. Uh, I don't know how you left 2021 and entered into 2022, but uh, on New Year's Eve, I took some opportunity and I cleaned out the fridge. Now I don't normally do this, um, but there had been some stuff growing uh, at the bottom of the fridge and I had to pull out the drawers and there was like a science project happening, you know where it morphs from one color to another color, texture. So I went on YouTube and I found a Harry Potter-esque formula of baking powder and vinegar and took, took a paint putty knife and I just scraped the heck out of that fridge and that thing is shiny clear. So I feel uniquely equipped to be your guide (laughs) to kick 2022 in the teeth. I feel like as we move forward, this can be our best year. I love what Chad said, I love what Pastor Peter says. This can be our best year if it's our best year spiritually. Regardless of what you're walking out of, the word that I keep thinking about is you can be brave. You don't have to be afraid. Before we move into 2022, I want to take a quick step back to 2021 because Substance Christmas was incredible. I mean, right here, when, when these panels, when we all started singing, and he shall reign forever and ever, holy moly. Now, I'm not a big hand raiser. I'm like, definitely, I live right here until that happened. I'm like, I'm going to heaven, man, right right now. So to the musicians, to everybody, that was incredible. A particular shout out to Paris and Brian. You, seriously, they were, they were incredible in that video. I, I'm, a, I'm concerned because rumor has it that that's actually how they act all the time, um, which brings into question some of the leadership decisions that we have here. But uh, it was actually in the video that... Um, there was this moment that I've been thinking about quite a bit. Pastor Peter is at the table with a bunch of the pastoral staff. They're all talking. And it wasn't Pastor Peter, but right to the side, there was, there was Pastor Drew. Pastor Drew's our downtown campus pastor. And I looked at him, and I'm just watching this video. I'm like, that dude has pulled off a lot of looks. Um, now, some of you know, right? Some of you know. Some of you, maybe you're new and you don't know who I'm talking about, and some of you don't really care at all. Um, but The dude has pulled off a lot of looks, and so to catch everybody up, I thought I'd share a few of those. Uh, We're gonna start in 2007. Now, this is before Drew was part of Substance, but we'll we'll call it like our baseline. You know, it's a bonus shot, and uh, this is Drew circa 2007. I call this smoldering brew. All right, look at him. We we kind of understand, and then and then after that, he he kind of turns the corner, and he's. Flock of seagulls, Drew, uh, for those of you who are old enough to know with the hair swoop there. Uh, and then, this is my personal favorite, 2013, I call this Guy Ritchie, Drew, uh, if you've ever watched The Transporter or anything like that. This is where I start going, okay, Erica, I kind of see what you see. This is a good look, right? Then he rounds the corner to Hipster, Drew. Uh, this is where he can't quite decide, do I own a brew pub or am I a professor? Um <laughs> Somewhere in there, and then here is Mr. Clean Drew. The next one I call Chasing Paul Drew. This is where he decides to start growing the hair out and the beard. Um, some look good with it, some don't. Uh, and then finally, this, depending on your age, is either Ted Lasso Drew or Magnum P.I. Drew uh, with, the, with the mustache there, and that's when we were dedicating this little dude uh, to the Lord. Uh, now, I don't mean to like throw him under the bus, and to be fair, Let's go through a few pictures of myself. You know, equal opportunity. How about 2013, one of the first times I spoke at Spring Lake Park? Uh, This is me, you know, long hair, beard, light denim shirt. 2017, this is me, long hair, beard, light denim shirt. 2018, me, long hair, beard, light denim shirt. And 2020, long hair, beard, denim shirt. I actually am inspired by Drew. I'm inspired by some... That's why, look at yellow flannel. Um, I'm inspired by the idea of somebody going, I don't have to stay the way I am all the time. I can become something else. There's other versions of who I am, better versions, those types of things. And, And to be honest, that inspires me because... The reason why I stay like this is not because I found a look that works, it's because I really just don't want a bunch of people making a big deal if I cut my hair or shave my beard. And honestly, this is just between, you know, you and me and the thousands of people that are watching. Um, I'm like, what if this is as good as it gets? What if I cut my hair and shave my beard and it's a bad idea? I get afraid of those kind of things. But what would it look like to go into 2022 not being afraid to change, to morph, to grow? The person that inspires me the most in this whole thing is this 16-year-old young lady who went to prom and she looked like this. Look at that long, beautiful hair. And if you think it's creepy that I keep calling her beautiful, that's my daughter. Um, And after prom... She had had an idea for months. She planned, she prepared, kind of like we've planned for you, we've prepared. She's planned, she's prepared, and this is what she looked like after prom. That's right. Look at that girl. She shaved her head. I think it looks incredible. That's at the downtown Wesley. And here's here what if we walked into 2022 with the courage that it takes a 16-year-old to shave her head? The courage that it takes to say, I don't care what you think about me. This thing's going off. What if you could walk in regardless of what's happened in 2021 and walk into 22 and say, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be brave? And bravery isn't the absence of fear. Bravery is in the spite of fear. And I I love this stage, and I look at this corner, and I I feel like this is like 21, 21, 21, and then we roll into 22. We're right here at this precipice of deciding who we're going to be moving forward. One of the things that I, I love about the substance community is our four guiding principles to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. All of those things have these verbs, these action things of movement, of going forward. These ideas that we don't have to stay where we're at. We don't have to be stuck. We can keep moving. We can make that leap in 2022. That you can have your best year if it's your spiritually best year, that we together can grow. One of the things that I think about in a room like this is that we're not all the same. We don't look the same, we're not the same age, we're not the same gender, we don't have the exact same political ideology, we're not from the same socioeconomic backgrounds, we live in different parts, we have different stories. And I think about... Like if I had a piece of duct tape that I would put here and there's like this long continuum and we all are at different places on this continuum and it's not like less spiritual, which is probably where I'd land, and more spiritual where Drew is, you know. It's not, it's not like that. It's like more ethereal, if you will. But we all land somewhere on here and we move at different paces and there is space In the kingdom and in this God community, there's space for you, however you've entered the room, to become the person that fearlessly will shave your head and walk into 2022. And don't worry, that's not the challenge at the end of the message. If you're going to live this out, shave your head or your eyebrows or your back. You know, those are personal decisions (laughs) that you need to make and maybe if you have a spouse that should be a collaborative decision. Um, th- that's not what we're gonna do but I am gonna encourage you that wherever you're at there is more. And wherever you land on this spectrum, this space here, there's a place for you but we don't want you to stay. We want you to grow. And I was, I was thinking about that when I stumbled across a verse that I have read, recited, even sang hundreds of times. This was about a month ago. It's Psalms 27:1, And I've always read it and sang it in the NIV, which is one of the versions. And as we read it together, maybe you'll know the song, but it says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Tell whom shall I fear? Now, if you know the song, then you wanna say whom shall I fear twice because it's the Lord is my light. Am I, okay, I'm not Max. I'm not going to keep doing but it says, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Anyway, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who Of whom shall I be afraid? I love this. Here's David. David is, historians believe, writing this, penning this, it's poetry, in between two very specific seasons. One season, he was just being hunted down by King Saul, literally hunted to be killed, And maybe some of you, that would describe how you're feeling right now about the past year or maybe even in the last day or week or month, you've gotten bad news. But man, it was tough. And he's about to turn the corner into a new season where he's going to elevate to the throne to become a king, which sounds great, but he's never done it before. He was this shepherd boy. He feels ill-equipped. He's gained some skills, some character, those types of things, some leadership, but he's about to do something he's never done before. And we find ourselves in a similar type place. I don't know who's going to become kings, but I do know this, that who we were in 2021 is not who we're supposed to be in 2022. And as we head into 2022, this idea that we don't have to be afraid because God is with us. Because God, period. Not because you're going to behave better, not because you're going to act better, but not because you're going to do more, but because God, if we could start 2022 with God at the focus, then we don't have to be afraid. So, I've read that, I've prayed that, I've sang that hundreds of times, but I was reading it in the message version, which is just another translation, a different way to look at it. And the words jumped off the page to me. And it says this in the message translation, light, space, zest, that's God. So with him on my side, I'm fearless, afraid of no one and nothing. Light, space, Zest. What I love about those words is because when David was pinning this, he was a musician. He was a poet. He was a creative. Yes, he was a strong leader. He was a political, uh, strong person. He was militarily the uh, extreme. But at his heart, he was a creative trying to figure out how to simply express his love and trust for God, and he's in this place where he doesn't know. He knows the pain of before and the unknown of the future, and he's trying to express to God, and through time we've prayed this, we've sang this, that you are, that you are God, you are my light and my salvation. Light, space, zest. It grabbed my attention. It like Velcroed to my brain these words tell help me better think about going into 2022 with God as my advocate. This idea of light is probably the easiest one for us to wrap our minds around because the Bible and lots of songs talk about God as light. In fact, over 200 times in the first and the second testament, if we go all the way to the creation story in Genesis, Genesis 1-3, it's the first thing that God speaks. There's nothingness all around and he says, let there be light or some version of that. And the light literally invades the darkness. It divides it. And we have night and we have day. It's this starting sentence, this powerful thing that says all of organized creation starts with this light. And in the second testament in John, lots of allusions to light, lots of pictures of light. Jesus is called the light of the world. In John 1 5, it says that there's light and darkness, but that the darkness is never, can never overcome the light. As we go into 2022, to know that the light will always overcome the dark, that whatever you're going through cannot overcome God. It can overcome your behavior, it can overcome who you are, it can overcome your ability, but it can't overcome God in you. I think about this, this idea of light, this idea of God being light, and it's romantic, it's poetic, and a lot of us are like, yeah, that's great. It's light. But to understand what the readers and the listeners of that day would have thought about light, light was like one of two of the most important things in their life, the highest commodity. There was probably water and light because they didn't have access to things that we do. You can't flip a switch, or you can't turn on your headlights, or you can't You know, we've got phones on our, or lights on our phones. They didn't have any of that. So when the sun went down, there was fire and there was nothing. And the dark, the dark invited danger. The dark invited animals lurking around to kill them, criminals to harm them, uneven terrain that could undo them and even kill them. And so when David is trying to express what God is, he's like, You're light, like you change everything. Because when it was dark, all the work stopped, everything stopped, there was no Netflix, you couldn't read, you couldn't do none of those things. And he's saying in this moment, your are light, you change everything. And I, a lot of times, if I am not careful, when I'm thinking about God as light, I think of it as part of my options. Like, he lights my path, Psalm 119 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word, Jesus, incarnate coming lights up the way. And I see the path and I'm like, man, this path, oh, I hate it. It's hard, it's difficult. We all have difficult trains. some more than other, but we all go through it and we get fixated on the path and we're like, I hate the path. The path makes me mad. Science makes me mad. Economics makes me mad. Being dumped makes me mad. Not having a meaningful job makes me mad. People on Facebook make us all mad, you know? Like, and we focus on the path so much, and we forget that there's a light that guides us, and this is what this beautiful poem that David's writing, he's saying, hey, I don't know exactly what's ahead for me, but you are light. I was talking to somebody and I, I said, I don't know how people get through life without having something that guides them. Like getting through life where we simply get to pick and choose what things we believe and don't believe and we kind of make this hodgepodge recipe and we're like, you know, uh, I look to God for some of my things, but not all of my things. So, like, I'm a little bit theology, I'm a little bit science, I'm a little bit politics, I'm a little bit pop culture, I'm a little bit the way I was raised. I'm all of these things all mixed into one. And David's saying, God's light, like, this can be the overall governing design for you. Just like in Genesis, that spoke in a thriving existence. That God as light can guide you. What if in 2022, you commit to following that good light, to letting it light your path, regardless of how difficult the path is, and trusting that that light will get you where you want to be. He says "Your David says, man, you are light. And then he says "Your space. And this is the word for me personally, for me personally that, that I kind of grabbed hold of. When I read this and I read, Light, space, and zest. I pictured like all of us on this continuum. This, you're just going to have to go with me. No drugs were used to manufacture this, this vision I had. But there's this continuum. And we're all on this continuum. And these words, light space and zest started falling from the sky, but hundreds of words of light, hundreds of words of zest, hundreds of words of space, and different people were grabbing them saying, that's what I need to hold on to right now. As I go from 21 to 22, God is my light guiding me. I got to hold on to that. For me, I grabbed a hold of this word space because when I'm not careful, when I think about God, sometimes it feels constricting not opening. It feels like it's about my behavior, and am I good enough, and I do the right things. It's partially how I was raised. And yes, to be true, um, as a Christ follower, there are things that we want to stay away from because they're not healthy. But David reminds us that God is space. Going back to the creation story, where there was nothing And God spoke into existence space that would cause man and woman to thrive. This idea that we can stretch, we're not constricted. If you, as you think about God, feel like this, feel tight and constricted, maybe you would listen to the words of David as he transitioned from one season to another and said, no, God is space. I think of, um, when I talk to my littles, we have five kids, but three of them are uh, six, five, and two. Sometimes, probably not in your house, but in my house, they don't always behave. Uh, They don't always know how to control their emotions. Of course, everybody above six knows how to control their emotions. (laughs) We're just gonna pick on six and below. And so we'll say something like this. Hey, you can feel whatever you want, but let's take some breaths. And we'll say, smell the flowers Blow out the candles. Smell the flowers. Blow out the candles. Why don't you all? No, just kidding. Um, And when I read this, this is what I thought of that God is saying, Take a deep breath. I've created space for you to thrive. I am not a constricting God, I am a space God, an order and a creation God. I was in Michigan with my in laws over the holidays, and we were driving in rural Michigan, lots of farms there, all right? I was looking at these big old farms, and and I looked it up, and the average farm in Michigan is 209 acres. Well, I was thinking about where I live. I live in North Minneapolis, and I have a whopping 5,270 square feet. It's my little slice of heaven in North Minneapolis. I love it. I think it's less than an eighth of an acre if you're a mathematician or a land surveying whatever. I think it's about an eighth of an acre. But 209 acres is more than 9 million square feet. It's huge. And inevitably, as you drive past one of these farms, you'll get to the edge. And the edge, you'll know, because there'll be like a fence or a stone wall or a row of trees, but you'll know that's the end. And, and I was thinking about how so often, if we're not careful, we focus on the edge. We lean on the fence. I actually picture like two cowboys in Montana, never been to Montana, never wore a cowboy hat, but this one I'm picturing, just leaning on the fence, talking about the fence. Why is the fence here? Why can't we go on the other side of the fence? This fence is dumb. This fence is constricting me. I hate this fence. We've got to fix the fence, and, and we're arguing about the fence all the time, and we turn around and we forget that we have nine million square feet to flourish. Last week, Pastor Peter and Carolyn, incredible message about some of the deep questions that we have about our faith. And they talked about cynics and skeptics. Cynics and skeptics, and there's nothing wrong with questioning. In fact, I love that we create space to question. But cynics and skeptics often sit on that fence and argue. They argue based on their past experience, their past pain, their limited understanding, and sometimes some very real concerns. But in 2002, on this early January Sunday, David reminds us that God is not the fence. God is space. And I find freedom there. I feel like uh, somewhere between elf and the sound of music. The fields are alive with the sound. No? Okay. That's why I feel like I need to be reminded that God has space for me to grow. It's okay to ask questions, it's okay to step into newness, it's okay for that. And this place, as a God community, reflects God ideas like God being space and that's why us gathering here is a reflection of God being space, a place where we can come together and grow. Small groups are a kind of representation of God being space where you can come and have questions and grow. 2022 is a time when you can leave some of this pain and you have the freedom to grow. Light, space, and zest. Now, I got to the word zest, and I don't know why Eugene Peterson, who did most of the translation for the message, chooses the word zest. It's not like my favorite word. In fact, I, all I think of is an 80s and 90s commercial for soap. You're not fully clean unless you're zest. See, some of you don't know this, so I looked on YouTube, and I wanted to show you that particular commercial, and to be honest, I thought, well, that's a little bit salacious. There's a lot of people in only towels in that commercial, and so I don't think that's appropriate. Heading into 2022, I'm not going to perpetuate that. No, I'm just kidding. So, zest... This idea of zest is the idea of this God force in us. It's not just like a quick pick-me-up. It's not your morning caffeine. I think of like mom t-shirts that say, I latte all day or whatever, you know, uh, something, something, but first coffee. I don't know. That is not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about your quick pick-me-up. We're talking about a life force that started in Genesis before anything was happening, the Spirit of God was moving this life force. It's In Hebrew, it's ruach. It's this life force. And then God breathes that life force into man. He goes, and God in him changes him, completes him. You complete me. You know, completes him. And then we go all the way to the Second Testament where the Holy Spirit breathes in people to change them, to empower them, to move them better towards what they were created to be. And this is the kind of life force that I think about. Zest. It's not just for us to get through the day. It's for so much more. We were created for so much more. One of the things, I work with an organization called Venture, and we work in some of the most difficult places on the planet. Literally, the danger that our partners are in is every single day. And one of the things that we talk about is what are we learning from the global church? Because God's doing incredible things in the global church around the world. And you can see the zest, the ruach of God moving through people. There was this young lady named Me Too. And Me Too, we, we have a, a picture, we have to blurt out because her life is in danger on a regular basis. Me Too finished up one of our pastor training schools at 17 and she immediately went back to her village and she started sharing about God, full of his spirit, so much so that 20 people in her village came to faith and so much so that other people started taking notice and the witch doctor had her put in jail. Now jail was a wooden box, five by five by five. Here's this 17-year-old girl hunched in a box where no light could come in except the light of God inside of her. But she was, she was shackled down. There were bugs eating at her. The only interaction with humans was when she got a ball of rice with a pinch of salt And during this time, she continued to trust God and she would tell the people coming about God and three weeks later, they let her out. Why? Because they were afraid the jailers would become Christians as well. She limps out of that box, permanently damaged from being beaten so many times and limped back to the village where she was told, if you go there, we're gonna kill her. That was two years ago. There is a permanent church there. She is still the pastor to this day, a 17-year-old girl. The reason the reason why I share that is because I don't think when she was being trained in her Bible training that she's like, God, fill me up because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to probably head out and I'm going to probably share the gospel. I'm going to probably be put in prison. I'm probably going to be beaten. I'm probably going to go back and have somebody put a hit on my life. No, I think what she did was she said, God, you're my zest and I trust you and I'm going to take steps. You see, I think sometimes... We think that the people that do great things alongside of God for the kingdom are the super spiritual ones that are super empowered uniquely. But what I think happens actually is that God's spirit, my picture, I'm not advocating drugs, is like a morphine drip. And as we go, we receive more. We don't just get up and we're tired and we're like, God, please help me out. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm good and I go. There is a level of faith and trust and going and moving that we are called to that we get to do. If you've heard me speak or were friends, you may have heard me talk about running. I hate running, but one of the reasons why I'm a runner is not because I love to run, but because I like who I am as a runner. And the point is running makes me do things that I don't always wanna do. And almost always, When I come back from running, I'm more energized than when I went out. The same with doing the work of the kingdom like me too. It doesn't just change other people, it transforms us. As we head into 2022, are you interested in that kind of a transformation? I was was talking to my wife's aunt while we were in Michigan. And she told me a story of a former gospel singer named Candy Christmas. And I said, shut your mouth. Candy Christmas, are you serious? It was her name. I looked her up. She, she recorded her first album when she was 12 years old. She's, she's got quite the resume. Later in life, she ends up having some of her kids and after having kids, she wrestled with a pretty serious bout of depression. It affected her mentally, emotionally, and even physically to where her body started to waste away. And a man saw her and said, you look like you need a friend. She's like, I do. And he said, why don't you come with me and hang out with me? She said, okay, do I, should I bring anything? And he said, can you cook? She's from Louisiana. She said, I make a mean pot of jambalaya. He said, make your mean pot of jambalaya. She meets him under this bridge. And under the bridge, there's this entire community living down there. And she shares jambalaya with people that are in a really difficult place in life. And she gets to know their story and she comes back and with another pot of jambalaya and another and then she starts, she starts collecting some non-perishable items and, and some coats, socks, shoes, those types of things. Fast forward, now she runs a ministry called The Bridge that facilitates reaching out to thousands of people that are temporarily displaced. She has a 20,000 square foot warehouse for everything that she gets to be a part of. And in this interview, she said, I no longer wrestle with depression. I am living a fuller life than I've ever lived. John ten ten, the Son of Man has come to give you life and life to the full. I want to take a quick pause. What I am not saying is if you are wrestling with depression, anxiety, suicidal ideology, suck it up and go help some homeless people, that would be negligent. That's not what I'm saying. What I am doing is sharing a story of somebody who even in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of her difficulty, took a step towards the work of what God is inviting all of us to do and it began to transform her as well. And I see this word zest falling down and some of us taking the opportunity to grab that and say, man, that's what I need. I need to take that step. I have believed a lie that that I'm not good enough or spiritual enough or I've got to wait and deal with my own stuff before I get involved with other people's stuff. But the reality is that God, as told by David through this beautiful poem, is your zest. He's your ruach. He is whispering a powerful existence into you. I see it all over. I see it when my wife and and kids go serve at Love This City downtown. They don't always want to go. I know, that's They're not as spiritual as I am. Um, But, you know, they get done with church and they want to just chill. And they go. And inevitably they come back and I'm like, there's more life in them. There's more gleam in their eye. You know, there's just something that happens when we step into what the kingdom is all about, who this beautiful God who is light and space and zest is. We have opportunities like that through things like Love This City and Man of Market. We have opportunities to get involved right here and and it doesn't have to be the formal things that we get involved with here. There are pods of people all over the substance community that are doing incredible things. There's a small group running for purpose every year. They pick January and they run every single day. Now, I'm guessing they're double thinking that this morning um, with the weather, but every single day to raise money for refugees and they step into it. And I guarantee no matter how cold it is when they come home, there's light and there's space and there's zest in them. I was talking to another couple of families who are all in a small group together and they decided that they were gonna make space in their life to help support a refugee family from Syria. And I know these families, they're busy, man. They got kids, they're super busy. They're small grouping and they're helping this refugee family, but I hung out with all of them recently. And you should see, it just felt beautiful like the kingdom. You get to step into who you wanna be and this is David's reminder to us. It doesn't start with how good we are. It doesn't start with if you feel spiritual enough. It starts in 2022 with acknowledging who God is in us and through us and for us. And he is light for those of you who feel like you are absolutely wandering. He's light. He is a great guide. Whether you've never followed Christ or maybe you're following Christ, but you think it's an option, What if you let him light the whole path this year? He has space. Yeah, you've got questions. Man, come to the center of the field and ask them where there's a lot of space. Move yourself from the edge where you're always mad, and come over here and know that the God of the universe has created this for you. And there is zest. Some of you will at this time next year talk about how you took a step and you couldn't believe what happened next. I don't know what your step is, but in this moment, our step is simply gonna to be to confess as a community the very words that David said. Every single week, Pastor Peter gives an opportunity for people who have never followed Jesus or feel so far away to repeat a prayer of forgive me, renew me, and guide me. And in a sense, that's what I'm inviting all of us to do. Through the words of David as we enter into 2022, encouraging you to kind of be a little bit more like Drew. Shave your head or your back, you know? Put on yellow flannel. Ditch the denim, all right? Become the best version of you if you'll pray with me. Light, space, zest. God, that's you. With you on our side, I want to be fearless, afraid of no one and nothing. Give me the courage to walk into 2022 like a 16-year-old girl that shaves her head and doesn't care what anybody thinks. For your kingdom and your glory. Amen. Now we're going to let our campus pastor tell us where we're going next. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you would like to contribute to Substance financially, you can do so by visiting substancechurch.com giving and then select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check in next week for a new message.